tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabot Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. Ah, yes, a little back to start the week here on Rabot Co. ESPN 680, 1057. We got you till noon today. Louis Rabot, Zach Cantrell, hanging out with you. I mean, look at the local teams winning all kinds of basketball games, Zach. How about that? We'll get into all of that, of course. Huge day. Man, huge weekend of college basketball. Totally lived up to the billing. It is rare that we talk and get excited about sporting events, about different matchups and different things, and that they live up to the billing, not just once, but five, six, seven different times on the basketball side. NFL, that picture is coming into uh, clear focus. Uh, we'll have Zach's reacts at 1040 today. Mark Story joins us from the Lexington Herald-Leader at 1020. We'll get into all things UK, and that's where I'm going to open today. Uh, win over... North Carolina in Atlanta. They get it done 87-83. A fun game to watch. I'm not sure it was particularly well played, but it was a fun game to watch. And you had those moments that we talked about on Friday. We you had, you know, you had an RJ Davis just just getting open, making those shots. You had Kentucky's athleticism on full display on Saturday as well. You could just sense how important this game was for both teams. But let's talk about what it is that's making UK go right now that they have a chance to do the rest of this season as I get up. How about an in, in show visit from Paul Rogers? How about that? I must've made it by now. All right. So <laughs> you'll have to pen it. Oh, it's one of those multiple color oh, pens too. You're like a 12 year old. That's awesome. <laughs> I get it though. You got to mark different things for different parts of the, uh, uh, for play by play sheets. But what is it about this team? That's going to make it great. If it's going to be great in March, right? Is the real question because we watched over the weekend, other teams play, and Zach, it is it is crowded at the top of college basketball right now in the very best way. Kansas on the ropes against Indiana comes back and wins. They're very good. Michigan State shows some metal against against a very good Baylor team. Let's be very clear. That's a a twenty four point win. Michigan State was very much twenty points better than the Baylor over the weekend, but Baylor's a very good team. You got Purdue beating Arizona. Both of those teams are excellent. UConn Gonzaga. UConn looks unbelievable. They look better than last year. It's unbelievable. Creighton beats Alabama. Memphis finally hands Clemson a loss. It was an incredible weekend. And not lost, and it was UK's win over North Carolina. Think about this as far as the team goes. Because, I, you know, there's starting to be 
real talk about lineups, about how they need to play, about who needs to start, who's going to get minutes, etc. So you've got, for example, you've got Edwards in the starting lineup. He plays 13 minutes on Saturday. And I don't know how long you could play a guy for 13 minutes, even if he starts, and have him continue to buy in. But I'll get into that in a minute. Four three seven nine six eighty is our UPS jobs text line. Go ahead and hit me with your reactions from the weekend. DJ Wagner's averaging thirteen points, two rebounds, and four assists this season. Dillingham fourteen and a half, four, four and a half. Reed Shepard, thirteen and a half, four and a half, three and a half. Trey Mitchell is playing thirty four and a half minutes highest on the team. The guy that that fell in their lap because of, of Bob Huggins recycling in a city where he didn't know where he was. Playing the most minutes on the team. Sometimes you just need those guys to fall in your lap, and they have they have seemed to found that to have found that with Trey Mitchell. Even a Duthiero, if I told you before the season is averaging seven and a half and six, I think you'd have taken it. I think you would have taken it. And here we are. Antonio Reeves plays thirty minutes a game right now, seventeen points, four and a half rebounds, an assist and a half a game. They have five guys right now averaging at least three and a half assists. They're moving the ball. They're spacing the floor. They're doing those things on offense. And then you read the articles about how Cal is putting up with it. And this is when you know you've got a Hall of Famer as your coach. When things are going well and it looks good and they're not comfortable with it. Because <laughs> it's not the thing that they want to do. It's not dribble drive. It's not whatever. Guys are bombing threes. Guys are doing things that gasp they do in modern basketball. But the movement, the playing together, is what stands out about them. They're truly a team. There's sharing going on of the basketball. There's spacing going on. I mean, do, do, I, think about Saturday. The thing we're not saying is, wow, Reed Shepard was the star of the day. He just kind of fit in with the flow of the game. And if they're going to be great, they need him to be that kind of player. They need the rest of the team to catch up to whatever his special play was earlier this season and make that happen. I've seen a little bit of a kerfluffle on a little bit of a kerfluffle on on Twitter and on other places about who should be starting at, at point guard and blah 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 and who should be starting in general. I'm not sure why at this point you would mess with the starting lineup. I think the very best version of this team, and I talked about this with Ben Roberts on Thursday, was was that DJ Wagner has to be what we talked about with Casey Wallace last year versus uh, Xavier Wheeler. They need DJ to be really great come March, and I and I think he will be. I think he's got all the pieces. I think he'll develop just fine this season. And by the time he gets there, he'll be the he'll be not just the not just stirring the drink, I think that he'll be very much in charge of the offense. And that's a great thing. We saw it again. And Zach and I were talking about this before the show. They go 8 for 24 on layups this weekend. And that's a, you could look at that as an absolute negative. I don't. I love that this team's an attacking team. Now, against North Carolina, you've got, you've got older guys. You've got veteran guys who are going to be in that defensive mindset. They're, they're, they're coached up well. Their scheme is good. They're able to defend a little bit better, use their size in that, in that matter. They still scored 87 points. I kind of don't care how you get to it as long as you get there. <laughs> if you're For VMI, multiple reasons. Yeah, no, no, that's right. If you're VMI and you're standing outside and bombing threes, you get to 87 and win. 
That's it. All right, Texter, Louie, I'm not sure. Uh, you're not sure that Kentucky versus North Carolina was a well-played game. You've been watching UofL too much. When when you watch the Gold Standard, how could any other game match their up? <laughs> That's funny. I'm, actually, I, I'm not doing that anymore. There's no local comparison for this year's Kentucky team. Indiana had a serious and obvious opportunity against Kansas in their own house. And the way we talked about, by the way, we talked about that home court advantage at Assembly Hall. That place was rocking on Saturday. It was exactly as we described on Saturday, on Friday. It was awesome. And they couldn't get it done. They're probably not making the tournament. We know what Louisville is. So there, there is no local comparison. I'm watching UK-UNC alongside Arizona-Purdue, alongside Alabama-Creighton, alongside UConn-Gonzaga. That's where I want to talk about UK being. This, this seven-seed crap, this 10-seed talk that we did last year that Dan and I had a bet about, none of that, none of that matters with this team, nor should it. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. That, that part, it, 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 that's out the window. Taxter, I have to know uh, why you think, what you think, excuse me, and Striebel, uh, oh, me and Striebel working together, I'm not doing that, come on now. <laughs> Taxter, <laughs> no offense, James. Uh, why destroy uh, Edwards' confidence by pulling him from the starting lineup? Cal is playing this right. I think that's absolutely correct. I agree with you. I hope, I hope, that, I hope that I expressed that. I wouldn't play with it either. I would not mess with this lineup at all. Dillingham seems to be absolutely maxed out. 14 and a half, four, four and a half. I don't know why you'd want to mess with that either. I, I wouldn't do that either. I mean, a, a, and a guy like Reed Shepard obviously is fine coming off the bench and his numbers speak for themselves. If I told you before the season through 10 games, including matchups with Kansas and <laughs> matchups in the, in the Champions Classic and with UNC in Atlanta, that Reed Shepard be at 13 and a half, four and a half, three and a half, you'd have taken it 17 times in a row, 100 times in a row. You would never have hesitated at all. This team has all the pieces. That's the thing. And Cal talking about staying out of the way is the most Cal thing ever. <laughs> and, and having to stomach the play. I get it. I get it. You get into college instead of the NBA because you have control. You have control of scholarships. You have control of your lineup. You have control of how they play. You have, line, you have control of all those things. And that control is starting to slip away in the NIL era. We'll get to that on the Louisville side later. But in the case of John Calipari, I, I'm so I'm you know, and it's interesting, Zach. You know, it's well, you know, we talk about Hall of Fame coaches on this show, and we talk about <laughs> number one, a touch of psychosis to be a coach, right? To be at that high level, you gotta be a little crazy, right? The second part is. You have to really believe that the thing that got you to the level that you're at is the, the best thing. It's the best version of whatever it is that you do. In the case of John Calipari, this coaching style for him is the thing that got him to the very mountaintop, winning national titles, going to the Final Four at three different places, et cetera, et cetera. For me, I understand him trying to understand how to get out of the way and being comfortable with something that's very different. But I want people to think about their own lives. Think about times that you've... So Zach, for example, leaves, leaves the only state he's ever lived in to move here for a job here. And I'm sure there were moments at the beginning where he looks around the office and he's like, yeah, that guy, I don't know. That guy, I don't know. But he's really great. I get along with that guy, and this is really great. And once in a while, you land in these spots at a job, for example, on a team, and it really meshes. Sometimes you land and you get assigned by your boss or whatever to a team, and it just doesn't mesh. And it isn't that the other people are bad people. It just doesn't mesh. And last year's Kentucky basketball team, I, 
I didn't see the kind of camaraderie we see this year. Sometimes Zach, sometimes young Zach, single young Zach. You go on a first date and you go, all right. Yeah. And sometimes you go on a first date and you go, ugh. And a lot of that. Was, <laughs> I'm just glad you're out there, brother. Just glad you're out there. I couldn't be out there. I'd be terrible. Hey, I, you got to shoot your shot, man. I, good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> but this team has a different kind of camaraderie than the one did last year. And I think that's an incredible positive for them. It really is. It's an incredible positive. And it isn't that I think there were a bunch of bad dudes on the team last year. I want to be really clear. I just think it just wasn't set up in a manner in which they were going to be they were going to be happy together. They're going to be good teammates with one another. And I think this year you have something very different. I think you do. I think it's pretty obvious with how they play. I think it's obvious in the fact that guys coming off the bench have the numbers they do. And that Cal's comfortable not changing lineups because he knows that during the in-game you know, adjustments that he has to make, he can go and get different guys for those things. And I think, I, I want to say, and by the way, I think this is getting exposed. All the jokes about Cal not being able to coach. And now that we're having to watch this UNL garbage, we know what not coaching really looks like. Not putting together a good game plan. We know what that looks like. I thought Cal did a good job with the lineups on Saturday, man. I I thought they flowed well. I look, Dillingham plays thirteen minutes. I, I think that's a, a giveaway of what he's he's or excuse me, Dillingham. Edwards plays thirteen Edwards. minutes. Yeah. I think that's the kind of giveaway that a, even a guy, a Hall of Famer who gets to a spot in a certain way, making that adjustment. And before the season, I said just go get the best young players, get them in on the in the in the gym and, and just let Cal figure it out. That's when he's been at his best. Now legitimate concern from UK fans that, that he would be too hard-headed and not do that. Not let them play. Not adjust to how they gel to, together. All of that's out the window right now. Can he ruin it at some point? Of course he can. And the concern is that at halftime of some game he decides to do that and then they're done in the NCAA tournament. I get it. I do. I get it. But I'd rather hear him talking about that on December 16th <laughs> than on February 16th or March 16th that he's uncomfortable, that he's having to kind of bite his tongue. I'd rather hear that now, that he's aware of it, that he's publicly aware of it. It's also very easy to say when you're winning. (laughs) But it's fascinating, man, because that Wilmington game, it isn't as though they, there wasn't like a lid on the basket. They just played poorly. Yeah. It also happens to be the day that Wagner didn't play. That's it. And I think by the time we get to March, you'll see more of this. And you'll see more of these kinds of things. Again, they have five guys with at least three and a half assists a game. I mean, I hear all the time, all these guys come up in AAU. They don't know how to pass. They're selfish, blah, blah, blah. We don't have that here. And frankly, we don't have it on any of the top teams in college basketball this year. Mm Mm-mm. It's a stunningly watchable product this year. Yeah. There are a lot of years of college basketball kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. Yep. It's okay. <laughs> There's a lot of really good high-level basketball going on right mm-hmm. now. Kentucky's part of it. That's exciting. It's awesome. It really is. It's awesome. It's nice to cover a team like that. Yeah, how great is it we can actually talk about Kentucky today as opposed to the team across I, the street? I, I just, like, I'm so excited I, to talk about this In a game. weird way, once Kentucky won this game, I was like, please, God, Louisville just beat Pepperdine. <laughs> I don't don't want to have to do that again. I just want to talk about this game and how well played it was. It felt like when you saw the atmosphere, it felt like an NCAA tournament game. It It felt like a Final Four game. Awesome. 
it was I mean, that's why you schedule these games. I want to say too. I don't know if other people had this feeling. Do you remember the cameras? Uh, you probably don't, but the cameras at Freedom Hall, because of the nature of the building, the fans would get in the they would block the view a lot. And something I love, and I don't think it's on purpose, but the new Atlanta arena where the Hawks play, the the front the front five rows or so, those people get in the way if they stand up. And and as a guy who grew up in the eighties and nineties watching, you know, old games at old arenas and blah 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 before that the new arena renaissance happened and there were you know obstructed view seats and yeah, all this kind of stuff right. it was a throwback to that man watching there was some there was some jackass unc fan <laughs> like near sideline uh, off to the right as you were watching the game and that guy was stood for 75 percent of the possessions by the way you got that kind of cash you can get those tickets you stand as much as you want sir <laughs> it's fine <laughs> it's fine but i loved that that and you're right that environment was as, that that was when Cal talks about playing neutral site games so that the guys are ready for the tournament, that was that's the example that he should point to. That's it. Because the, the criticism, and it's legitimate, is when you don't play these home-and-homes, we lose out on these on-campus games, blah, blah, blah. But thank God they still play this game against UNC. My goodness, what a great rivalry. It really is. What a, what a terrific rivalry. So I'm really Eight and four this. against North Carolina now. That's amazing, man. It really is. Uh, Texture, uh, yeah, you know, someone mentioning Eric Montross, who obviously at, at UNC was one of the just absolute monsters of college basketball. It, it had gotten around that he had had cancer the last couple months, and, and apparently this was a very aggressive form. Um, but yeah, just an absolute downer this morning to, to learn of that. One of those guys growing up that, uh, you know, he's, I think he's about a decade older than me. So he was one of those guys when I was, you know, middle school, was playing college and, and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, just one of the absolute monsters of college basketball in his time. So we'll talk to Mark Story in about five minutes here on Rabo and Co. Uh, your boys in the top 10 in the uh, the bowl challenge. So this is, so by the way, you jerks, we got like four guys in the 99th percentile right now. Who are these people? Who are you? Who? <laughs> I mean, I'm proud of you, but come on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some pork. What are we doing? <laughs> Do I get one of the prizes if I finish in the top three, Young Zach? I guess you do. I mean, it's your bowl challenge. You can I'm break the, it however you want. I'm in the 76th percentile, and I'm in 10th place in our group. That's incredible, man. People are crushing. Uh, we've got um, three guys all tied at the top uh, with 134 points in the 96th percentile, and then a fourth guy uh, in, the, in the 91st percentile. What I love is some of these guys just gamble early. Right, heavy heavy push on the uh, on the picks early on, which is fantastic. So thanks for getting in on that. Uh, you can still get in there. Rabot and Co. ESPN Louisville uh, at the Capital One Bowl Mania at ESPN.com. You can still get in there uh, if you wanted to pick the rest of the games. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break here. We'll get uh, Mark Story in here to talk about these cats and uh, what their ceiling is. I'm interested to hear from him. He's seen a lot more uh, Kentucky teams than I have, and I just want to get his notes on that. First hour of our show presented by... Kentucky Tourism, KentuckyTourism.com. Sparks traveled coming down on the text line, 437-9680. I will ask him about that UofL game on Thursday, what his expectations are uh, as well. We'll do it all next year on ESPN 680, 105.7. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. 
When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. Listening to Rebeau and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. 10 o'clock hour here on a Monday. Louis Rebeau, Zach Cantrell hanging out with you. Got you till noon, Bobby V after us. Roundtable 3 o'clock, of course. Go local 7 to 6 every single weekday here on ESPN 680-1057. There's your Lincoln Park song of the day. Lincoln Park. You said we got to do it every day, so there it is. Uh, we will have competing post-game shows on Thursday, of course, here on the 680 side. We will have the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post-game show. That'll be Gandolfo and Entz. They got you covered. Kentucky Fish and Wildlife reminding you to enter that 2024 elk draw on their website. And a man who will be, uh, you know what? I will ask him right now. Mark Story uh, joins us here from the Kentucky, uh, excuse me, from the Lexington Herald-Leader, covering all things UK down there, uh, Kentucky.com slash sports. Mark, uh, will you be in attendance at the Yum Center on Thursday? That's my plan. That a boy. All right. Uh, what do you think the Yum Center will look like on Thursday? That's a great question. I'm going to guess that I'm, I'm going to guess Blue is going to get in in a major way, just yeah. based on kind of the lack of home attendance that U of L's had this year. You know, it'll be interesting. To, you know, to me, there's a big difference if it's like fifty-fifty as right. opposed to eighty-twenty, which I don't completely rule out in the terms of being like eighty-twenty in favor of Kentucky fans. Uh, Mark story with us. Uh, so, you know, we'll get to that game in a minute, but obviously I, I got to open the show with something positive, Mark. I was very happy uh, Kentucky won the game over the weekend so that I could do positive radio for 20 minutes in this market. Um, they get the win over North Carolina. I, you know, I, I don't want to call it a sloppy game, but I think, frankly, for even for UK, uh, probably a B-plus effort for them. I think they could have been, you know, slightly crisper on Saturday, but heck, that environment – you know, that team in UNC, a bunch of grizzled vets and, and older guys, well-coached, the whole thing. It's a pretty big win. I mean, for this season, Mark, how much of a springboard do you think it can be? Well, I think it was important. I think you were right. I think the first half was not good basketball. It was super intense. Yeah. I mean, both teams were just, you know, were really, you know, put, putting it out there and maybe to the point it impacted the play. I thought, But I thought the second half both teams played well. And, you know, and to me, the most, there were two really important things for Kentucky. Number one, you had a chance in the, in the Champions Classic to polish off Kansas with a late lead, yeah. and, you, and you couldn't do it. You know, it got away from you. You know, if that had happened again, you know, that would have been a, just kind of a bad dynamic for a young team, and you risk it sort of getting in your head. So the fact that they were able to make the plays down the stretch in a, you know, with game deciding pressure, I thought was huge. And the other thing that was just super impressive to me on for UK was just the balance. I mean, this wasn't a case where you had a Malik Monk just go crazy and you know shoot you shoot you to a, a big victory. You know, Kentucky played nine players, and all nine made meaningful contributions. 
mean, the balance was just in crazy. It was crazy. They had eight players score between seven and 17 points. They had seven players with between three and six rebounds. You know, the, they hit eight three-pointers, and those were spread among seven players. I mean, to use the hoariest of uh, coaching cliches, you know, that was just the total team victory. It was really impressive. Uh, Mark Story with us at Mark C Story on whatever Twitter's called these days. Um, I uh, th- this game sort of stands out for a couple of reasons. And and before the season, Mark, I was a proponent of of just get the young guys in here and let Cal try to figure it out. For me, that's when he's been at his best at UK is just a smattering of young talent. Just figure it out, that kind of thing. I also think though that I, I think you're right about the first half, especially that these young players are sort of learning you know, what that pressure looks like and what it feels like in those kinds of environments. Um, what, I mean, the ceiling for this team, I, I think all of us sort of agree, is, is, is Final Four. Um, it, Cal's talked about having to kind of restrain himself and kind of let them go. Do you think he's able to do it the whole season and, and let them kind of make that kind of run? Yeah, that's a good question. I, th- I think he wants to, and I think that's, you know, an important step. You know, coaches have, you know, comfort zones, and, you know, it's sometimes often it's hard to get out of that. But I do think he's committed to, you know, to letting them play. And, and, and you know, it'll be interesting to see when they, you know, gets late in the year and you're, you know, you're under pressure, especially once you get into the tournaments and, you know, it's do or die. You know, can't can he, you know, sort of give up the control? I think he can, but, you know, I think that's a legitimate question. Mark Story with us. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, just the, the, the real mix of players who contributed all these kinds of things. One of the conversations we've been having is about the starting lineup in the in the in the mix of players. You know, Cal likes to get it down to you know eight seven guys in the rotation by the end of the season. You mentioned nine guys making contributions uh, yesterday. Or excuse me, on Saturday. Do you think he'll stay closer to that nine number, or is there someone that's going to be on the chopping block in the next couple months? Well, Jordan Burks has already been on the chopping block because even back into the summer, you know, when they were playing in the Global Jam, you know, he was playing meaningful minutes and, and was playing some minutes, you know, up to, until Aaron Bradshaw came back. So, you know, he's already lost minutes. You know, I don't know. He does. He usually narrows his rotation by the time he gets to the tournament. He's usually down to seven, at, you know, eight at the most. In this case, you know, they've got nine really good players. You know, I think Jordan Burks has some talent. That's 10. And if Big Z ever gets eligible, you know, that's 11. You know, I don't think he's going to play 11. To me, the biggest challenge for them is just sort of, you know, talk you know i talked about just how impressive the the total team effort was saturday is just sort of to keep everybody pulling in the same direction and you know not have individual you know agendas or rivalries sort of upset the overall apple cart and you know how he handles that playing rotation and how many people he uses i think is a big part of that did you have aaron bradshaw and zvonimir ivicic actually being friends on your 2023 bingo card <laughs> Well, that, that's one of the cool things about sports. It, it, it brings unlikely people together. <laughs> it was the first place Aaron Bradshaw went right at the end of the game. It was straight to Big Z. I loved it. All right. Um, you know, it, it's it's fun to talk about a good team, Mark, because I think the last couple of years, and t- obviously the consternation, uh, signs of, you know, just go ahead and go to Texas and all these kinds of things uh, going on around the U.K. basketball program. Do you feel the the fan base reunifying, or is there still a bit of a schism over John Calipari? Well, when a coach loses a fan base, which to some extent he you know he has done, it's hard to get everybody back. And, and there, once people sort of take a strong public stance, a lot of people are you know they're never going to back off that. They're going to sort of look for evidence you know to support that. So 
But the antidote to that is to win. Yeah. You know, they keep winning. You know, people will 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 come back to some degree. And I do think there's a genuine excitement about the team, and that 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 you know that helps. I mean, the the, the tenor once people saw this team play and how they were playing. You know, I go back to the summer when they you know played in yeah. the. Uh, up in Canada in the Global Jam, just the mood changed then. I mean, a lot of people started to get excited, and 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 you know, while some people are going to be hard to win back, I do think you know the the the, the tenor of the fan base has changed pretty substantially. How important has it been that Reed Shepard is as good as he is, not just for on the court play, but also just for the feelings around this program? It helps. I mean, I've always said the experience of Kentucky basketball is better when you have. A, an in-state player who is contributing, and in this case, is really good, and and yeah, I think that's I think that's part of it. it you know, it, it connects sort of back to the tradition of the program because Reed, you know, is a direct connection. You know, both his parents were you know tremendous players at Kentucky, and you know, Reed was a big high school star here, and, and rather than going the prep school route, he stayed and played with the kids he grew up with, and played in the Sweet Sixteen in Rupp Arena, and it's just. You know, having him here and having him be as good as he is, yeah, it, it's a big, it's a big deal. Mark Story with us here on Rabo and Co. ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. You can mark, you can find Mark stuff. Excuse me at Kentucky dot com slash sports and everything down there at the Herald Leader, uh, the finest uh, sports room uh, in the Commonwealth. Go, uh, go follow the guys down there. Mark C Story on Twitter. Uh, Cam Drummond has a piece up about the uh, the rebounding prowess of the guards. How long can they do that, Mark, in your opinion, in your estimation? Are they able to, you know, and this was one of my questions early in the season uh, when Dan was doing the shows, is how long can you just be more athletic than other teams, or does eventually a good SEC schedule start to catch up with you on the rebounding end? What's your, what's your opinion here? Are they going to be able to maintain this? I think to a degree. I mean, I think the guards are just good basketball players. I think I think there's a high basketball IQ on this team. So I think, you know, if you know, if rebounding is emphasized as something you guys need to do, I think they'll I think they can do it. I think Antonio Reeves has made a big improvement as a rebounder. I think a lot of his you know, he talked at Media Day about, you know, adding muscle and just, you know, feeling more confident, you know, working in the lane. And I think he's shown that in rebounding. He's been a better rebounder and Reed obviously is a good rebounder and and, and you know, DJ Wagner is physical and you know that so the, I think those guys can can continue it. But I also think that's kind of we're having the big guys coming back is also a boost. And even though they weren't, you know, it was kind of the smaller guys sort of leading the rebounding party against North Carolina, I think having the, the, the bigger, the longer guys back can help can help in that category too. Mark Story with us. Uh, one of the storylines here as well, <clears throat> you know, going forward is is DJ Wagner. This time last year, Mark, we were talking about Xavier Wheeler and Casey Wallace. Uh, feels like 10 years ago, but we were doing that this time last year. And we really made an emphasis on the show about how it needed to be Casey Wallace by the time March rolled around for the team to be most effective. Look, on all college teams, guard play matters, but especially on John Calipari coach teams, the point guard really matters. I love DJ Wagner as far as his ability to make his own driving lane on offense. I think he's really skilled that way. We mentioned 8 for 24 on layups this past weekend, and while that number isn't good enough most of the time, I'm just happy to see a team at UK still willing to go inside when they do have the outside threats that they do the inside-out game, uh, probably going to suit them. Uh, the best going forward. Do you think it has to be DJ Wagner stirring the drink in the spring, or do they have other options? I'm of the opinion I think he's got to be their absolute straw to come the spring. 
Well, my opinion on that somewhat changed when he wasn't there in the Wilmington game. <laughs> the offense kind of bogged down. You know, he is a guy who can get downhill, and he and when and when things break down and somebody needs to get downhill, he can do it. So, yeah, I think his value is pretty high. Yeah, and and also, I mean, not to be lost in any of this. You know, he's six four. Reed's six three. You know, uh, Dillingham's a six. A six four guy, just just the bigger guards in general. Case Walls last year, obviously playing at six five, I think is really helpful on defense. How good of a defensive team can they eventually become? You could see the adjustments that Cal was trying to make on Saturday. I think once in a while you just run into a North Carolina team that scores eighty five ninety points a game, and that's just what they are. But you know, as they they progress on defense, it's going to have to be a little more guard laden. Another guy we talked about, Trey Mitchell, man. He's got the most points on the team. How lucky are they that you know Bob Huggins decided to go recycling in a city where he didn't know where he was? Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, for a guy who just fell into your lap, he's been just invaluable. And they run a ton of offense through him. I mean, he sort of plays point center, right. and um, you know he's he's been huge. And I'll tell you, the other guy who's played really well, especially against power power six competition. Is a Duthiero, yep. and you know he was tremendous against Carolina. But you know, I think he had four block shots. Yeah, I mean a Duthiero. If I had told you before the season he would be seven and a half and six, I think you would have taken it all day, right? I mean that's the kind of thing. It's just it is remarkable. They got five guys averaging three and a half assists at least. Mark, I mean, I, I, when's the last time Kentucky had that kind of balance? I can't remember it. It's it, it's a very skilled offensive team. You know, to, to me, the defense is a little questionable. They're, I don't know if they have just a defensive stopper, a DeAndre Liggins-style guy sure. that you can just you know put on somebody and lock them up. I think, again, that's why having the seven-footers come back, they, they're going to need some rim protection. You know, Wilmington, what they were able to do, and even St. Joseph's, is just drive it right at the Kentucky guards. And you know, the U.K., Guards are really good at stealing the ball, which is unusual for a Calipari defense, which usually doesn't gamble. But they can be beaten, you know, on the straight line drive. So that, to me, is probably the thing to watch in terms of what needs to get better. Outside of injury, and Mark stories with us from Lexington Herald Leader, Kentucky.com slash sports for everything they do down there in Lexington. Outside of injury, what would be the thing you think that derails the momentum of this team going forward? Well, I think. You know, the, the vulnerabilities I mentioned, I think they do have some defensive vulnerabilities. I think big physical teams that can sort of slow them down and gum it up could be a problem. And I think the other thing is just, you know, you've got a lot of really good players. And in this day and age, can you keep a lot of really good players you know, sort of pulling in the same direction and, and being, you know, worrying and, and getting their value through the team success as opposed to, you know, who's doing what, you know. They've got four really good guards, and that's a great thing to have, but it does create you know, some situations. And I think had they not pulled that game out Saturday, I think there would have been a lot of attention on how, how much Reed Shepard was on the floor late in that game or not on the floor. Mm. So that's the kind of thing that I think you know, you know, is going to be a challenge to manage. But as Calipari says, and you know, he may just be emphasizing this because trying to encourage it in this direction but you know he says you know these are good kids that you know care about each other and are unselfish and if that persists you know that that so far that is shown in how they play and how they share the ball and you know how they've been well you know they've, they've shared minutes and you know that's the kind of thing you know can they keep that going 
you know, doctors call it the practice of medicine. Lawyers call it the practice of law. It's almost like the practice of coaching. And I'm not, I'm not putting that down at all. I think, you know, Cal's just making, he's got, he's got so many weapons here. You're totally right. And so it'll be interesting uh, going forward. Let's shift to Thursday. Um, look, this is a very one-sided rivalry on the basketball side. And frankly, it has been on the football side uh, the last half decade. Any concern there's the, the players won't get up for Thursday, or is there such a just a talent discrepancy and coaching discrepancy that there's really no concern on the UK side? Well, no, I'm actually addressing that in a column. I'm writing it this very moment. How about that? You know, if you look at the history of this series, I mean, Kentucky obviously has dominated it in men's basketball, but most of the best for that reason, many of the best Louisville moments have been some crazy upsets. Right. Now, I don't think that'll happen this year, but, you know, I didn't think Louisville would win in, what was it, 1997-98, when a Louisville team that would go on to finish 8-20 and beat a Kentucky team that won the national championship in Rupp Arena. Yeah. So, you know, rivalries are, you know, they're fun. Things are different in rivalries, and, you know, there's always a puncher's chance. And, you know, I, I don't I, – I expect Kentucky to win the game. I kind of think it may be a, a little bit better game than people are expecting. Hmm. You know, we'll see. Well, took Alabama a thirty-yard pass on fourth down to get there this year, right? Um, you never know. Uh, right against Auburn, yeah. so you never know what's going to happen in those games against an Auburn team that had lost to New Mexico State yeah. like the week before. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, all right, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, just you know, watching from afar, how surprised are you at the the overall play and you know outcomes under Kenny Payne here a little? I'm surprised. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I don't know Kenny well. I mean, obviously I watched him here for a long time and sure. you know, he was a personable guy and you know, I was when he dealt with the media, he was good and everybody liked him. I mean, the people that actually knew him around the UK program liked him. The general fan base who knew him, you know, through his media image liked him. Um, you know, yeah, I I'm surprised. I thought it would go better than it has. Uh, some of the I don't know, things that just seem like kind of basic coaching, just, you know, how you handle your program have seemed like kind of a struggle in a way I wasn't expecting. You know, somebody that doesn't like to see other people fail, I still hold out hope that it can be turned around. Now, I understand that's probably pretty far gone down the other road at this point. But but to answer your question, I'm surprised. I thought I, I thought it would go better than it – I thought it would certainly go better than it has done. All right, he's Mark Story at Mark C. Story on Twitter, Kentucky.com slash sports, for everything they do down at the Herald Leader. Hey, this was really last minute. Mark, I really appreciate you taking uh, 20 minutes for us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Louie. All right, Mark Story there here on Rabot & Co., ESPN 680-1057. Again, Kentucky.com slash sports. I can't recommend enough if you're a U.K. fan especially, man. The the stuff they do at the Herald Leader, uh, just absolutely uh, the best coverage of U.K. anywhere. So uh, we'll check them out. Uh, down there, some reminders of programming as well. Uh, tonight, the Jeff Brom Show at 7 o'clock on 93.9. We will have Monday Night Football starting at 7.30 here on 680-1057. They'll flip over after the Jeff Brom Show at 8 o'clock. That's Seahawks-Eagles on all stations starting at 8 as well. And as I mentioned, uh, as the flagship for station for the cards across the hall, 93.9, the Jeff Brom Show tonight. Uh, after Cardinal Insider, 7 o'clock tonight on 93.9, the bill. On the other end, it's time for Zach's Reacts. We do it next here ESPN 680-1057. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. 
That's opcpest.com slash careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. Here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. Rebeau and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Louis Rebeau, Zach Cantrell hanging out with you. Got you till noon. Bobby V after us, of course. Roundtable 3 o'clock. We got your local 7 to 6 every weekday here on ESPN 680-1057. Hey, we'll get you through the week and into Christmas weekend already, Zach. Goodness gracious. These these days in the mid-50s make me forget that Christmas is coming. I'm fine with it. I don't like <laughs> cold weather. I don't like snow. It's Dude, yesterday, man, it was a little chilly Saturday, though, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy was out. Cigar. Two in the afternoon. There had you go. A, had a little bit of work to do, but it was one of those, like, make some coffee, grab a stogie. Grab the laptop, get outside, little sun, little 55 degrees. Oh, oh, let's go. I'll take all of it. Yeah, this, that, that doesn't sound like December. That sounds like early April. <laughs> it sounds like early April, indeed. It sounds like the early morning of Derby week. Like, yes. you know, the, like, like that kind of thing. That's going to be a little chilly this morning. You know, 55. <laughs> I know. That kind of thing. So there you go. Uh, we will get into U of L uh, at 11 o'clock. We'll get into those national hoop games uh, around eleven twenty. I'm really interested in in that conversation. I think it's just such a fun. Get in now, people! It's th- the regular season this year in college basketball is just going to be spectacular. It's going to be fantastic. Yes. And then the NFL already had Week 15 games. I mean, we are right there, folks. And so two games left. Three weeks left. Uh, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. That's right. Eighteen. That's right. Weeks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll uh, we'll get into that uh, as well. Uh, Kyle McCord going to Syracuse. We'll talk about <laughs> who's opted out of their bowl games. I have no um, thoughts on that whatsoever. Yeah, I'm sure. And then, of course, uh, we'll get into uh, the NFL MVP race to me is fascinating this year. I'm, I'm really, yes. I have someone in mind. We'll get to that in the second hour. But right now it's time for Zach's Reacts. It's time for Zach's Reacts on Reboin Co. All right, let's go. Indeed, it is time for Zach's Reacts. I'm with you, though. The regular season of college basketball this year, at least through December, this is the best regular season to this point that I can remember. That Arizona-Purdue game was an incredible game from start to finish. You know, Caleb Love, you got uh, Zach Eady, you got two guys that could be National Player of the Year candidates. Kansas-Indiana, that totally lived up to the hype. Maybe the best starting five in college basketball with Kansas. I mean, that they can absolutely win another title. Michigan State, let's see what this team actually is because nobody knows. They went out and stomped Baylor. That was, what, 45-15 or something like that at halftime. Just a complete dominant performance. Creighton looks really good. They beat Alabama the other day. Of course, we talked about Kentucky. That's a Final Four contending team. I don't think this is going to be a year that you're going to get a 9 seed and a 5 seed and a you know 7 seed in the Final Four. I think you're going to see top three, top four seeds in the final four. I think this is going to be the year of heavyweights. And this regular season has been fantastic so far. And the other Zach's reacts, nobody wants to play the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Right now, the way they are rolling, they just beat the Chiefs and the Cowboys back-to-back. That game yesterday was not competitive. They dominated the Cowboys, and they did it by running the ball, which is something we never see out of the Bills. It's always Josh Allen, Josh Allen this. And 
James Cook was the dominant factor yesterday, and that's why I don't trust Dak Prescott, and I don't trust Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys might be the best roster in the NFL, but as long as those two are in charge, I'm never going to trust the Cowboys to win a playoff game, let alone win the Super Bowl. Well, that was Zach's Rex. How about that? A little, little quick, uh, about two minutes there from Zach Cantrell. I love it. Uh, I, I think that segment's got... It's got legs. Good job. All right. So, yeah, where's our sponsor, by the way? I'm working on it. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Louie, can you uh, put together the show sheet, run the show, and also uh, and, and, and sell everything? Yes, I can, actually. That's my job. All right. So, the, <laughs> I kid. Man, you're right about the Bills. And they're the kind of team, too, by the way, that they get to go. They get, they're going to be the road team out of an environment where there could be like 30 feet of snow on the ground. So it's actually not the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh, no, they probably would prefer to play (laughs) on the road with their style. That's exactly right. That's going to be a team like we saw like the 2010 Packers get a six seed. We saw like the Giants a couple of times. That's who the Bills remind me of. One of those teams that gets hot at the end of the year and then rides it to a Super Bowl. One of the things, by the way, about having the two shows on right now, and if you are U of L centric, you can always find our friends over on Middays with Marcus Mabin on 93.9 from 10 to noon over on 93.9 is I get text messages on this line because this is Diener uses the 680 line, but is obviously simulcast on both. And then um, I get some of the texts that are meant for Mabin. And I, and I want to be a good teammate and tell those folks, Hey, here's the 93, nine text line. Oh, I get calls from those people too. Like, is this Mabin? Like, no, but it's I, also, I want to say, no, this is Patrick. It's also very funny when I'm talking, <laughs> when I'm talking about like UNC's guards or something, to get a text about the portal on the football side for U of L, <laughs> I just—I don't know why it tickles me. Uh, it's, it's You're listening to Kentuckyana's oh. ESPN. Oh. Six. Oh, not yet. <laughs> I, by the way, did get a text four three seven nine six eight. A fair number of them were responding, you know, uh, reacting to uh, Mark's story last segment. Appreciate Mark jumping on. I, we we joked for years, and we will continue to joke on this show about the Lexington Herald Leader. But they the guys are very prompt and. and very good at what they do they're, they're very involved so um i should i get credential to go to that game on thursday obviously okay all right they're do you gonna, think uh you're definitely filed, gonna decline <laughs> after you file all those decline. requests they're not gonna let you in <laughs> is that the foyer guy that's the foyer guy yeah no he's not coming no <laughs> it's no. exactly he's he's we're, he's, we're he's a, he's a uk guy. plant we can't have him <laughs> <laughs> he's bugging us about the fact that we only have four thousand yeah. people in attendance he I'll can't come <laughs> This information ain't free. It's called freedom of information. Oh, damn it. All right. Uh, Texter, uh, I don't think the defense is going to get better for UK. I think this team is just what they are on defense. And I, um, and all I wrote back was, I think their, their improvement on defense will come in two places. I do think, and the first one is what I wrote back, is that is on rebounding. And, but, and the Texter immediately responded, yeah, I get it, but it's the one-on-one defense, that kind of stuff especially for the one-year players, I think that's totally right. I think, I think the Texter's right. I think they'll get better on rebounding, Zach, as they learn to play together and just have more time on the court together. The next 10-game stretch here, it's not the most important of the season, but because it's sandwiched around Camp Cal, I, I think we're going to learn a lot about what this team is going to look like in March of the next 10 games, even though it isn't the meat-meat of the schedule. Yeah. right? And I understand that. The second thing that they're going to get better on on defense is Aaron Bradshaw is going to become a better shot blocker. I actually think that he can improve in that. And I think once he knows what it's going to look like for him as the safety valve, especially, yeah, he'll get better on that, at that as well. Because I, I do think... <laughs> what a great text. I'll get there in a second. I think he'll get better 
uh, with that as well. Yeah, um, Texter wanted to know, uh, this was from uh, during the interview, and I want to come back to it. Uh, Texter, hey, Louis, sorry to ask, but I didn't know what happened to Dan. Uh, having the chance to listen to uh, first time in a while. Thank you, sir. No, no, and, and you don't have to call me, sir. Uh, you can call me a bum. It's fine. Uh, Dan retired. Uh, Dan's last show was on the first, and so uh, we've been doing the uh, the Rabot and Co. thing since then. Uh, and uh, keep the text coming, 437-9680. Uh, the Co. is for you. I want you to hang out with the show uh, as much as you possibly can. Uh, texter, Strebel gets so many text men for NS, it's funny. Uh, texter, uh, excuse me, sir, is this not the midday rush? That's a great question. <laughs> it is not. There's no, uh, no bathing suit of stories in here. So there you go. Um, texter, if you go to the game, uh, they're going to FOIA request. Your FOIA request should be, you should have done a head count while you were there, LOL. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe I'll do that and try to do one in person. Um, again, next hour, I'll get into the U of L stuff over the weekend. You know, let's have the, uh, let's have the NFL MVP conversation right now, Zach, since you, you went to the, the, to the bills. And I, I think the Bills, by the way, it's interesting in the same way that we've talked about college basketball, Zach, as far as who's at the top and who's primed to make a run. You could have that conversation in the NFL right now, trying to figure out who that team is. You saw the best version of the Lions on Saturday night, for example, against the Broncos, a team that's been very good. Do you want to see the Lions on your schedule for the playoffs? I don't think you do, because when they play their best ball, they're very good. Yeah. The I, Bills are in that group for sure. Yeah. Um, let me get the rest of my list up here. I apologize. Um, you know, if the Browns get in, do you want to play the Browns right now? Right. Which is a weird thing. Um, it, it sucks with the te- with the Texans, by the way. Because, you know, when we get into this MVP conversation, Stroud, to me, was the MVP. I agree. For many, many weeks. Yep. And I know you're a touch biased, but it's also <laughs> just true, man. That guy was... Look... It's one of the few things I've gotten right since this show started was in the NFL draft. I said, I would <laughs> say I'm so mad that he's in my division. I'm a Colts fan and I've played right? twice a year. There you I go. Boom. It. He's fantastic. And he's got all of the recipe for modern NFL quarterback. He yes. really does. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. How good are the Bucks? How good, you know, any of these kinds of teams? I think in the NFC, there's less of that group than yeah. there is on the AFC side. There's no Bills. Maybe no. the Lions or the Bills of the NFC, I don't know. But they're going to win their division, so it's not the same. I think the NFC is more power-heavy. I think the okay. NFC's got San Francisco, Philadelphia, yes, right. Top, top-heavy. Yes. yes, I think the AFC is much deeper than the NFC. I agree with that. I think if you told me... Who's in the top group in the NFC, then? Let's do that. Eagles, yes or no? Yes. I Cowboys, say. yes or no? I'll still say yes. Right. Lions, yes or no? Uh, ask me after they play Dallas. I think that's fair. 49ers, yes or no? Oh, yeah. Okay, 49ers so are the best team in the league. So there's, okay, I agree with you. I don't. I, they're the most complete team in the league. No question. In the same way when we talk about the CFP, that Michigan is the most polished team in the CFP. Yeah. I think the 49ers are the most polished of the NFL teams. You know what you're getting. Yeah, I don't think there's any Week to week, it. the defense, you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting on offense. Brock Purdy, say what you want. Gets the job done. I'm, I'm a big Brock Purdy fan. We all like his mom. Yes, we uh, do. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, but no, but, but they're easily the most polished of the teams, which is incredible to say because the Eagles are good again. And they're and they're pretty damn polished. Sure. Um, and, and the and the Cowboys look. It's fun to make fun, and they're ten, they're ten and four. They're still ten and four right now. They beat up on the bums, which is what you're supposed to do when you're a professional team. By the way, well, they beat up on the Eagles too. <laughs> That's also true. So I'm not going to overreact too much to yesterday. If I'm about the Cowboys, like if, I, I so if you had to pick one team to make the, the the Super Bowl right now, it's the 49ers. 49ers, yes. Let's do the AFC now. Yeah, top of that league. Dolphins top. Yeah. 
Okay. I don't trust them. But Bills yeah. top? I I think the Bills, yeah. Okay. Ravens? Oh, yeah. Yes. Browns? No. Okay. Bengals? <sighs> Burrow were healthy, yes. I know, dude. No. They really were. I know. Uh, Jake Browning's really good, by the way. Jaguars? No. Colts? I wish. I know. They're just, just below. I know. Just below. Yeah. They're a quarterback away. Hey. Literally. Like, like th- every NFL team. There are three, there's a three-way tie in that division. How good are the Chiefs? Houston. How good are the Chiefs, actually? I still trust them. Okay. They've won two Super Bowls. They've earned it at this point. I, I, I agree with you. Kadarius Tony needs to go to Dude, a I don't, faraway I don't, land. I do not understand the receiving core on that team. No, I don't either. It does not make sense. They're just they're so bad. I think the Broncos got knocked back to a level where we don't have to include them as one of the best teams of the AFC, right? No, I would agree with that. Okay. So we got five teams there, right? So we went Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs. Oh, it's only four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I would take the Bills over pretty much every team in the AFC except the Ravens right now. Okay. So if you if you were predicting an, an, an AFC qualifier yeah. for the Super Bowl, yeah, it's the Ravens. Yeah. Okay. By and the way, the Ravens second. Yeah. Okay. The Ravens and Forty ers are playing on Christmas night. By the way, mm. that is going to be fantastic. Oh man, the Christmas Day games are better than the Dude, Thanksgiving games. Oh, we get Seahawks Eagles tonight. Yes. Like all of a sudden, the primetime games don't suck. Right. We sat through like three years of suck. Yeah. <laughs> now, now they don't suck. It's fantastic. No. I, I, no. It's it's a it's a big change in in what's what the programming's been. In the evening games, it's so nice to see good ones. A ton of text coming in. Texture, the Beth Haven coach is still available. Please keep texting that in. That makes me smile every time I see it. Please, please keep these coming. Four three seven nine six eighty. By the way, um, I, I okay. So I'm getting a text, and this is this is someone who hangs out with the show, and I really appreciate it. Of of tweets from other people uh, uh, talking about the U of L job. I'm going to get into that at eleven, and and I because I I do want. There's a couple things going on that I think the public needs to know about as far as the media, because there's 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 funny things happening, Zach, and then there's there's sad things happening. <laughs> a little like you know the, uh, the when they when they show comedy, it's the smiling mask and the frowning mask. That's that's Louisville basketball. Yes, that, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, Texture, we need Edis to join you during this time slot and give us a rowdy U of L fan take uh, to take over three to six on ninety three nine to battle rig every day. Edis is too mature, sensible, salad and be up against rig. <laughs> that sums it up. Mark does a great job at drive time. He has built an incredible uh, caller base and texture base and everything else over uh, there. I don't. I don't think that guy's leaving three to six. I'm guessing uh, not. Soon. Uh, to, plus, I. I am, dude. I did two days on ninety three nine. Two days. Yeah. And all of the texts were, "What is this bum doing on ninety three nine? Which is weird because the ninety three nine line is pretty there's so much rational. nicer. Oh, there's so much nicer. Now, so if I nice. sit in with Ennis, yeah, less. But I've been here for a year and a half. It's fine. Uh, this was before I had even started on Bob's show. Mm-hmm. I just did a couple fill-ins on a morning just for vacation coverage and stuff. And, and it was just, why is this guy over here? <laughs> uh, Texture, don't worry. I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, Texture, look at the Browns' injury list and tell me how Stefanski isn't the coach of the year if they make the playoffs. I agree. I think that part's way up I agree there. I agree completely. with that. And if they get any of those, they're... they're if they had that's Deshaun a tough Watson. team, man. I, they're they're hard to figure out, but yeah. they are Joe like, Flacco riding like 2012. All of a sudden, they're kind of an old school. What you would expect from NFL teams: seven and one at home, two and four on the road. That's the kind of thing you would expect. Exactly. They got road games coming up, though. They played eight at home. They played only six on the road, so they've got road games coming up. Yep. Six and three in the conference, though. I mean, and they are 
That defense is Which game? Really they got good. blown out in a game that really messed up their point differential for the season, and I can't remember what else. You know, I have the information. Uh, one, I think it was the Rams a couple weeks ago. Uh, they lost to Baltimore 28-3. to That's, That's what it. it. They yep. lost by 25. Yep. That's right. So did the Lions. I mean, uh, everybody's been blown out this year, I think, yeah. except San Fran. They lost by 14 to the Bengals, which I don't know if you count that as a blowout, but pretty much every other team's been blown out. Yeah, and it's, yeah, right. That's right. the way it works. That's it. Boom. That's, what That's it the is. NFL. Right. And so, no, I, I think sets up for a really fun uh, spring once we get there in the air, so, you know, January when we get there in the NFL. But like you said, man, the, the, the Christmas lineup, the NBA side is awesome. The NFL side is awesome. So a ton of that happening. It just feels like we've gotten out of whatever, whatever was happening around COVID as far as the matchups. Mm-hmm. Like, I do wonder if we're just reemerging in general as a culture, as a society, as a sports culture, where the games are better, the college basketball is better, the, the NFL is better, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's just like there's more traffic where I live on the road than there has been the last three years put together. There's no malaise right now. There's no like people are out, man. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. It yeah. feels like before COVID. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> There's a men's clinic joke on the head text line that I'm not going to get into. Gee, what am I going to look up now? First hour of the show presented by Kentucky Tourism. KentuckyTourism.com. Check them out for all the indoor activities as it gets colder around here. Dining, concerts, anything that you might be looking for. Great starting point is KentuckyTourism.com. On the other end, I will get to U of L. Uh, beat Pepperdine yesterday. Uh, what does it mean? And I've got a comparison to John L. Smith, of all things. We'll do it next here at ESPN 680, 105.7.